0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the new season of Music City 911. I'm your host Brandon Hall. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us again. Uh, tonight's going to be a another solo episode, just me on the mic. And for all you new listeners, I wanted to give you a little bit of a background of myself before we get into it cuz we're going to after this we're going to jump straight into a couple calls we have. Uh, actually kind of big, one of them very uh, recent call. And uh just kind of go from there. Myself, I'm a communications officer of a very large city for the past 20 plus years, and I've taken just about any type of 911 call you can think of. Anything that pops in your mind, I've probably dealt with it before, so the experience is absolutely there. Now, we have listened to uh, some of your critiques and things like that for the past season, so this time the show was going to be getting straight into the calls. The first one that I have up today is going to be a very recent call, as I said. It's uh, actually still ongoing at this point. It's going to be considered a disappearance case at this point of the Glee star, Naya Rivera. The 911 call in which her boat and child was found has been released. I'm going to go ahead and play it now for you.
1: July 8, 2020, and I do that's on for the reporting. Uh, Lake Piru. Um, emergency is, we have a missing person. We found a little girl in one of the boats by herself, and her mom's nowhere to be found. Okay. Lake Piru. Found. Okay, found child. And she's, uh, is she white, black, Asian, Hispanic? I have no idea. I'm heading down there right now to go check. My husband um, was one of the people that were first there. And I'm going to go find out more information. He just told me to call it in. OK. Uh, do we know if it's a boy or girl? I believe it was a little girl. OK. Approximate age? I, like I said, I have no idea. I'm heading down there right now. You want me to call it back when I get there? Yeah, I'll put a, I'll put the little bit of information that I have, and then yeah, I just, when you get there, you can give us a call back. What is your name? All right. Okay, and phone number for you. Okay, I'll put that in. But yeah, as soon as you get more information, go ahead and give us a call back. Okay, thank, thank you. you. July eight two thousand twenty 16, 39, 14.
0: So from that, it just seems like, you know, we just can gather that there was only a little bit of information. There was really hardly anything at all. Uh, Stuff like this happens. Um, And I'm not trying to say one way or another what exactly happened with this. I'm only speculating. I think most people probably think the same way. She probably jumped in to have a quick swim or maybe got knocked out of the boat or something like that. And she didn't come up. It happens a lot more than you think. It happens during the summer more often, obviously, because more people out on the water, they're enjoying their, their boats, their lake time, whatever. It actually happens quite a bit. It happens here in Nashville. It happens all over America. And it's an unfortunate type thing. As far as her not being able to be found, as we've seen in the news, uh, they ha- they still haven't found the, uh, her body yet. It's... Also, another thing, with what I've read about this uh, particular lake they're talking about, the currents there are pretty erratic. It's uh, There's whirlpools at times, there's, you know, bad undertoes, things like that, and if that's what pulled her under, she could have very easily got stuck in some debris under there, and she may be caught underneath there, and that's why she may not have come up. Uh, once again, I'm speculating, I'm not exactly sure with this, um, but you know, one of the things is if, uh, if she's not held underwater by some sort of debris or something like that it could be a tree. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, it could actually be even something like a car because a lot of criminals like to steal a car and then they'll dump it in a lake and it's, it's not, they don't immediately sink. Sometimes they float out a little bit and they, it takes them a while to actually get down there, especially with a, a place that has a lot of current. It can even move a car around. So it's, it's possible that she's down there hung on something, but it, even if she's not generally after you drown, you stay at the bottom for a little while. And, uh, after that you float back up to the top. So that may be what actually happens with her, uh, uh from what the videos and things I've seen on this, they're doing everything they can to try to recover the body. And, and that's kind of where they're at right now. They've got special equipment out there to, uh, actually I've seen a couple of videos they've put up uh, kind of submarine type things with video cameras on them they've got divers out they even have dogs that are specialized in you know smelling in the water for things like this so they're it seems that they're doing everything they can to try to to find her and you know for me right now from what it seems uh, they they have switched to a a recovery not necessarily a certain rescue they're still kind of going about the the search the same way but it's not quite as exhaustive I would believe as if it was someone who just went in the water and there's a possibility of saving them if they have drowned so it's a little bit different now but they're still doing everything they can to find her and I do hope that they do find her quickly just to give her families a little bit of peace and some closure to it now on the call itself uh, from the dispatch end of it as we've talked in the past uh, that's kind of what we have to go on here I would have, if I was a dispatcher, I would have liked to get a little bit more info. She probably didn't have it though. Uh, as far as a better location, it sounded like, and this, this actually happens quite a bit. Someone will, you know, like the husband in this case calls their wife, uh, a relative, something like that. And says, can you please call 911? I've, I found something, I've, I've witnessed something I'm involved in a wreck. Can you just please do it for me? And that actually happens quite a bit. So, you know, she may not have known exactly where on the lake. I I don't know with, um, you know, this lake, how big it is, it may be a small lake, it may be a big one, I'm not sure. Um, But with a a lake like this, if it's a small lake, it could have just one boat ramp, so they know exactly where to come to. I almost think that from the way that the dispatcher was saying, as soon as they said Lake Pyro, she almost exactly knew where it was, it seemed like. So it, it wasn't like, oh, you have to figure out which part of the lake to go to or anything like that. Now, I've not heard if there's any type of subsequent call past this one it says she would call back once she got there she could have been you know 15 minutes away 20 minutes away and by the time that she did get there the police were already there there's just no telling i uh, i'm not really sure so that's uh another thing that we don't know if it actually happened or not if he if she called back to give any type of further info what we do know was that once they got out there it was not a little girl that they found it was a little boy a four-year-old boy and Apparently when her husband or whoever it was that actually found the little boy, found him floating and uh, in, still in the boat and he was asleep inside the boat. I can't really imagine what would go through a, the mind of a four-year-old at this point. He probably didn't really understand what was happening. I don't know if he was scared or, or, or what, how long he'd been out there. There's, you know, it's, it's hard to really understand, but from his perspective, I guess he was probably out there for a while because he at one point laid down and went to sleep inside the boat, but like I said, I'm just hoping this comes to close as quickly as possible. That way, the family can kind of move on and do what they have to, and I wish for luck and safety to be bestowed upon the divers and any other search crews that are still out there, and we're going to keep this whole thing going with the, the next case we have. It's going to be a, it's a, Pretty big case. Uh, I don't don't think it was as widely known. Uh, It wasn't put out quite as much in the news um, before I started looking into a few things. I'd not heard too much about it myself, Um, but I I think it's just because it was. uh, I I don't want to say it's glamorous, but it 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 was a terrible thing. And this is going to be about a serial killer named Sean Great. Now I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the call with this one as well. I'm not going to preface this with anything other than the fact that it's kind of a longer call. Past that, I'll get into the details and some of the things surrounding this afterwards. 911,
1: what is the address to your emergency? By the street What is it? 4th Street laundromat. Oh, what's the problem? i got been abducted. What's your name? How do you spell your last name? Who abducted you? John Green. Is it John Green? Sean Great. Where is she at now? Asleep. Where is she sleeping at? In the bedroom. In what bedroom? There's two houses right by the laundry street, and it's in one of those houses. But you're at the laundry mat. No, I'm I'm in the bedroom with them. What color's the house? Is oh, it a? Crop? If I'm looking at the laundry mat, which way is it? You're looking in the laundromat on the left of the two. You don't know what color the house is? No. Please hurry. Does he have a car? No. Well, he's down the street. What's your phone number you're calling me from? I don't know. And you think it's a yellow house? I think so, but it's on the left. Is it an apartment? No, it's a house. OK, does he own the house? No, he broken. I does anybody actually live there? I think they've been abandoned. And his name is Sean Great? Yes. Like, G-R-A-T-E? Yes. Does he have a weapon? He's got a taser. Where do you live? What does he look like? Is he a white male or black male? White. Is he, is he like six foot or is he shorter than that? He's like six 6'2". Six Do you know how much he weighs? Probably 175. Are you injured? A little. What color is his hair? Brown. Do you know what color his eyes are? you wearing? Nothing right now. Okay, stay in the home with me. Stay in line with me, okay? Is he still sleeping? Where did he take you from? My, my apartment. I mean, I was walking with him. You were walking with him? Mm-hmm. Where were you walking to? His place. I have known him for like a month and a half. Is there any way you can get out of the building? him and I'm scared. Is there a bathroom in the, the house? Well, his bedroom is closed and he made it so it would make noise. And if you told me you had to go to the bathroom, he would do something to you? Yeah, because he had me tied up. So are you tied up now? Well, I. Yeah, but I kind of freed myself. in the same room with you? Yes. Is it his phone you have? Yes. Are they on the way? Yeah, we have officers we're sending. Okay. Please no. send them off. Okay. If, you, if you're worried, you don't have to talk. You can just set the phone down, okay? I just need to hear if the officers you or not. Okay. Are you upstairs or are you downstairs? We're downstairs. There's a door. There's a side door on the right of the left house, and that's where we enter. Because immediately there's a kitchen right there, and then the bedroom is right, right off from the kitchen. Okay. Do you need an ambulance? Bleeding from anywhere? Not anymore. What were you bleeding from? You don't have to talk if you don't need to, okay? where he lives. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I woke him up. I just shut the phone down. are you still there are you still there Much what Much do you hear any officers outside no. okay they're in the area on the bedroom door or is it just a regular lock? No, I don't, even, I don't even know if it's locked. I have a knob, so... Can you get up and see if you can get out? I'm afraid of waking him. If I knew the bathroom right there, I would do it. I don't even know if it opens. Oh, it's open Is there a window around there you can look out? Yeah, but the floor squeaks and It's right by his head. Are you laying down? anywhere by the bedroom door and you can't open it what can you open it i'm afraid without making noise is the door to the house open i don't know probably Out any window that you're at. There. that noise? I don't hear anything. If you think you can get out, you need to get out. On the first floor. Are you at the house closest to the laundromat, or the other one? Are you the one closest to the laundromat, or the other one? If you were standing in the laundromat, looking at the two houses. It would be on the left. you look looking out of the laundromat. So if you're looking at the laundromat, it would be the one on the right. At the laundromat. So if you're looking at the laundromat, would be the one on the left. Side door. And the side door. The side door to the right. Okay, I can hear him. You hear him? Yes. Okay, do you think you can get out? Yeah. Are you out of the bedroom? doesn't have a doorknob? Can you see them? She said push the door. Are they on the other side of the door? Yeah, I think so. She said have you guys push the door. There's no doorknob there. Just push it. Get out of the bedroom? Can you hear anybody right now? She heard the side door open. Sure. You're out. Okay, can you get to the door where you can see out? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Can you get out of the house? It's locked. it's locked. Are you at the door? Yeah, I am. She's at the door. You're on the door to the right-hand side of the house. Yeah. she's at the door on the oh, right oh side. House. She got out of the bedroom. Is there a window there? Yeah, I'm looking out, and they told me to come back. She said, "Hurry, hurry!" She said to hurry up and come back. Can you? Yeah, they can see me if they come it. The door is locked. No, the bedroom door had no door It This was, she it's locked. You can't get out. Can you unlock the door at all? Come out, come out, hurry up, hurry up, get out of here. Where is it? Uh, That's him sleeping. That's him sleeping? Yeah. Okay, they have her. He went on her arms. On Yeah. Right. You need to go over here. Hang Are you? Oh, okay. if you oh, can't be in there here, cover yourself up. Tell me what happened. What happened?
0: So that call it was pretty amazing from start to finish. It just it really was. Uh, the woman who is the victim in this. Her name was redacted from the 911 tape as well as any court documents past that because she was also a sexual assault victim. Now, obviously, she was whispering in the call because he was in the same room. She wasn't sure she could get out of the room, and because of that, she was whispering through the pretty much the entire call. Now, the dispatcher actually did a very good job of getting a re- incredible description on him, uh, you know, because he... Obviously, she said that he didn't have any clothes on, so she got everything she could. He was was male, white, black, Hispanic, what color hair, what color eyes, anything she could to help out with the description. And the reason we do that while we try to get a description of the person is just in case when the police get there, if he gets up and runs out, we know who to look for before we get any type of witness statement. As far as when I say we, I mean the police. They'll get a description when when they get there. But also if he's running out of the house, of course, in this case, if he ran out of the house completely naked, it'd be pretty obvious on who it was. Now, it did sound like she said that she had been there. I'm not exactly sure about that, but I, I'm pretty sure she said about a month and a half is how long she's been there. And while there, it sounded like she'd been tied up. And from what she said and some, some of the court documents afterwards, it sounds like he'd beat her several different times in different ways while she was captive there. Now, in the call, she had partially freed herself and that's, you know, obviously a good thing. It was enough to where she could get his cell phone, call 911, get them on the phone and get help started out that way. Now, as far as the description of the house goes, it's very important in something like this. She didn't know the address of it. She just knew about where she was. She, I guess, remembered that the place next door, what it was, what it was called. And then she said, well, if, and the way that I do it, when I'm talking with a caller on the phone and they don't know an address. I always say, if you're looking at it from the street now, I mean, it's, it was obvious to both of them what it was, uh, as far as, you know, if, if you're looking at it, is it to the left or right? I always add in, if you're looking at it from the street, that always helps a little bit too. So they managed to say it's an abandoned house. It sounded like she said that he broke into it. So I, I, I don't know if he just didn't have a place of his own or exactly what the the deal was with that, but he had broken into this house and held her there for the the whole time doing various things to her. Now, it did sound like that she may have woke him up about six or seven minutes into the call, and I kind of picked up. It sounded like a taser may have gone off. I don't know if he had it in his hand and he just pressed it and it popped for a second, but it kind of sounded like that several times after she thought she woke him up she managed to uh, ask how much longer and, you know, asking about how long the police are going to take to get there. And it's, it's understandable. If you're on the phone with somebody, I've been on the phone multiple times with people when they are in some sort of an emergency situation. And it feels like on their end a very, very long time. Like I said, in this call, I mean, it, it, it was a little bit longer, but I'm sure they were having trouble finding the house too. It was uh, about six or seven minutes. As I said before, before the suspect woke up, so just at six or seven minutes, it probably for her felt like an eternity. But the call taker did the the right thing and didn't give an exact time. You can't give an exact time because, you know, it, if for some reason that was the wrong house or she didn't know where she was exactly, we, we can't say, oh, they'll be there in two minutes. They'll be there or they're on the street. They'll be right there. I mean, if they're that close and they're not at the right house or they're not at the right street or anything like that, that's just another thing that you can't say, Oh, they're right there. There's, there's nothing that says they're going to be at the right place. So she, she kind of avoided that. So that's actually a good thing. Now the whole call though, she had a kind of a tricky situation going on. She did ask a couple of times if she thought she could leave. And of course the victim says, no, I, I don't think so because the floor creaks and I'm afraid I'm going to wake him up. And, You know, she did say in the description that he's about six foot one, six foot two, and he's a big guy. I don't know the victim, how big she is, but I would imagine that he's probably pretty much stronger than her and could force her to, I mean, obviously has forced her to do whatever he wanted. So if he woke up, he could easily just jerk the phone out of her hand and, and start beating her or do worse. So it's, like I said, it's a tricky situation as a call taker. You want that person to get out of the house if, if she can but I see why she was hesitant on doing that too. Now, several times you can hear through the call, the dispatcher or the call taker actually talking with the dispatchers about the location, any type of details that she can forward because they're, it sounds like they're right there. They're just trying to find the right exact place. So anytime there's a, you know, any type of new information, the, the call taker talks over to the dispatcher who's relaying it through the, the radio to the officers that are there either on the scene or close to the scene And you can hear her say that she heard the side door open. They're in the right place. You know, I'm at the window. She gave several indicators as to where she is, you know, it being the right place. So that helped them get inside and helped them get to her. And at the very end of the call, I'm really glad the dispatcher stayed on. A lot of us do this. When the police get on the scene, technically you're supposed to get off the phone because there may be another call holding... You know, I'm, I'm not sure in this case if there's a, if they're a bigger, smaller center. I'd, I'd imagine they're probably a little bit smaller just because they're talking so quietly between the the dispatcher and call taker. But it gives us dispatchers a little bit of uh, gratification. You know, it's a it feel-good type thing when we hear the officers go there and actually confront the suspect and get him in custody. You know, and that, that actually happened in this call. So it made me feel good. I'm sure it made that dispatcher feel good, too, after hearing what she heard. So all that was impressions from the actual 911 call itself. The details that happened afterwards, everything that happened past that, you know, once he got arrested, things like that, it changed things up a little bit where we didn't actually know if he just broke in the house then or not. It turns out that he had been there before. While the police were there, they found the bodies of two women. I'm not sure if the, the kidnapping victim knew that they were there or not, didn't say in the call. I would imagine probably not just because she didn't say anything. I mean, that's a pretty obvious thing. If you, if there's a couple other dead bodies there, you would think that she would say something, but at the same time, it, you can't really think about what is going through the mind of somebody who's been kidnapped and held for a long time. I do know that I've read that the suspect in this, he said that he was not going to kill the victim of the kidnapping. He was going to marry her. That's what he was thinking in his head. So he wasn't completely together in all, in all faculties, obviously, but he was deemed sane enough to stand for trial. So that's what happened. And later on the day that he actually was arrested, he actually lay, led police to another body at a different place. It was behind a burned down house. So there's three murders right there. And a series of different interviews and letters that he wrote to the media he confessed to two other murders. So we're at five total murders now. I don't think that any, any other time he is admitted to anything past that, so that may be the extent of what he's done, but he's at least murdered five women. And it seems like most of them, uh, the, the cause of death was strangulation. One woman that had previously been ruled a drug overdose, he later confessed to strangling her as well. So they've actually kind of opened that back up and they're looking into it. I think that's still ongoing. But the reason he said that he strangled and killed her was because she stole $4 from him in a bar. Now his other reasons for killing women, they ranged all over the place it seems. The one that kind of sticks out to me and this kind of jumps back to the whole insanity thing, you can be insane but still know that the difference from, from right and wrong. He obviously did that during trial but he did say at one point that one of the reasons that he killed two of the women was because they were on government assistance and essentially a roundabout way of saying it was the government had already killed them they were dead they were just already they were just flopping around and that's why he did it in the first place in the trial they loaded him up with every type of charge they could everything from murder all the way down to kind of a lower ranged felonies and even a couple of misdemeanors thrown in there for things like breaking and entering the, into the house, just anything they could. They wanted to add as much as they could onto this guy, which they should have. I mean, I would try to add as much stuff onto something like this as I could. Somebody they know kidnapped somebody, sexually assaulted him, and killed at that point, at least three people. And it turned out that he killed five, at least he was found guilty on almost all charges, and he received a life sentence plus several years on the murders and that was going to be without parole without any chance of parole so he's going to be in prison rotting away for the rest of his life they originally wanted to seek the death penalty but I guess maybe after some confessions that he did and some things they actually backed it down to life in prison for this guy I'm not sure which, which one is better I think most people would like to just Take him out and beat him to death with rocks or whatever they could. But you know, somebody as sick as this doesn't need to be around. And in my opinion, he's uh, sitting there relaxing on taxpayer money. I'm sure it's no fairy tale in prison or anything like that. But still, he's he's still living a life where all these these women are not. And truth be told, that pisses me off. That pisses off a lot of people. But at least as far as the government goes that portion of justice as much as they could give was served I guess. Well I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, uh, be sure to send us a like, come over on Facebook, look us up at Music City 901. Also look up our discussion page and you know have a chat with us about uh, anything you've heard today or, or any other episodes. Also find us at Twitter or Instagram, both of them at Music City 901. Let us know that you listen to the episode and what you think, and also look us up on Patreon. It helps out the show some. You come over there and contribute a little bit, and it, it helps us with the the daily upkeep. Of this this thing keeps us going, and that'll about do it for the night. For Music City 901, I'm Brandon Hall. Y'all have a good one.